0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, HAGE for short, sure a housing group for older people, run by older people. Present Raise the
1: Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial.
2: That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR at 5am. My name is Shane, I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing today, Fiona? Hey, Shane. Hey, Fiona. Um, we have been looking at the census at HAG, and by we, I mean absolutely not me, because nobody will be near a number if they had any sense. Um, but we, HAG has been looking at the census and what it tells us about older people. Um, we're going to have a guest on today who's going to talk about the inner west of Melbourne, so, as well as sort of making fun of me and Fiona for our pathetic cycling speeds. <laughs> so, Fiona, why don't you tell our listeners about what the census showed us about the the Inner West?
0: Yeah, so we've, we've engaged with some researchers from Swinburne University, University of Western Sydney, and Curtin University to look at the 2011 and 2021 census data, particularly looking at the number of people aged 55 plus in private rental, and... Who are close to retiring, so 55 plus with a mortgage, and what I um, asked our little spreadsheet sheet whiz Luke to do earlier was to have a look at the statistics for Maribyrnong Council, which is the inner west of Melbourne, and it found he showed um, he did actually find some interesting information. So there's there's just over 1,900 people living in private rental who are 55 plus in Maribyrnong. And there's quite a high number of people in social housing as well, um, about 1,400 older renters in social housing, as described by the census, which is a lot of public housing in a couple of suburbs, which we will talk about in this coming upcoming interview. Worryingly, there's around 3,500 people who are 55 plus with a mortgage and um, a lot of those are in the lowest income quintiles, which means the lowest, less than $700, I think it is, a fortnight.
2: I made Fiona promise we wouldn't use, use the, the word b- quintile no. on this show and she's sorry. betrayed me. I'm
0: sorry. It's a good Scrabble word. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess just to give some context, although the, the – Footscray and those areas have become gentrified over the last couple of years, 10 years or so. There are still quite a number of older people on low incomes in private rental and retiring with a mortgage.
2: All right, so we're gonna hear more about that from Jorge in just a sec. First, I'm gonna play you a community service announcement.
0: Have you heard of Long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword.
2: A 3CR supporter.
0: Okay. We're joined today in the studio by Jorge Jorgera, who is the Victorian Socialist Member of Maribyrnong Council. How are you going today?
3: Good, thanks, Fiona. Um, Lovely to to catch up.
0: Great. Before we start, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about Maribyrnong and what it's like as a a municipality, what it's like to, to live in and to represent the area as a councillor.
3: Well, fascinating, especially at the moment, because uh, it's probably been pretty well, uh, well, it hasn't really been, I should say, it hasn't really been a hidden secret that for some time now, several years, it's been the re- last remaining frontier of non-gentrified inner city Melbourne. Um, you know, as people know who come out this way, you can probably cycle from the centre of the CBD to Footscray Centre in 15 minutes, depending on how fit you are, I suppose. Uh, It takes me about an hour. You can even walk it, and and the reality is that for a long time, of course, for decades, uh, it was one of those parts of the inner city within the 12k radius, you know, the inner city, um, that had really been left relatively untouched in terms of, uh, you know, the sort of uh, middle class movements, I suppose, gentrification, um, because obviously of what we 've known about the place for a long time, all the uh, you know the the toxins and the um, the fact that it was for a long time, i suppose the wasteland, so to speak you know of industry and uh everyone re- well a lot of people, certainly older generations will remember you know uh, coot Island and so forth, and for a long time uh, that has kept people away and of course be- <laughs> Together with that, of course, the the patterns of development in terms of who owns the land uh, and who's willing to sell land, uh, what state land is released, when, and so on and so forth. All that led, basically, to this (laughs) uh, remaining for a long time the last sort of frontier, I suppose, in terms of the inner city. So... Um, there's still a real mix, I should say there's still a great mix of people here living in the inner west, but more and more of course over the last, especially the last sort of five to ten years and probably accelerated in the last five, more and more working class people, migrant families, new arrivals who might land here for a while are being pushed out into the outer west. Um, as, uh, well, obviously uh, house prices, you know, uh, purchasing prices have gone through the roof. Um, and rentals have followed suit and have got particularly or acutely difficult in the last uh, year or two. So if you look at rental prices, I mean, again, you've probably seen these figures or people have heard these figures. The uh, median price in the Footscray area is, well, it's gravitating around the 1.2, 1.3, it can go up, you know, it seems to be going up, obviously. Uh, Purchasing price that's in the Footscray proper area, but it's leaning in that direction now in all the neighbouring suburbs, i.e. the city of Maribyrnong uh, as a whole. Uh, and rent, uh, especially now in the last sort of year, like most of Melbourne, of course, we're suffering particularly uh, more so. So you're looking at now p- paying $600 a week for a three-bedroom house would be considered pretty standard now uh, in any part of Maribyrnong, uh, book partial exception, but anywhere else uh, that would be considered pretty standard, whereas... You know, even two years ago, prior to COVID, or even a year ago, that would have been considered pretty ludicrous by most people outside of maybe Seddon and Yarraville um, or parts of Yarraville even. Um, but now it's the norm. So yeah, you can see that sort of changing pattern, obviously, um, and how much more sort of uh, rapid, uh, how much more it's uh, increased, sped up over the last couple of years.
0: So. In combined with rent prices and and um, I guess housing costs as well, there has been a lot of development in Footscray at least. Because um, I we should say that Footscray covers, a, I mean Maribyrnong covers a few suburbs, doesn't it? It's Footscray, Yarraville, Seddon, and, um, and it's a bit of a mix of demographics, I guess. But even just that front along the river there has had a lot of build up in the last what maybe five years or so. Um, but none of that's affordable, is it? That's all just housing that's for profit um, to developers.
3: Oh, very little. Uh, I mean, God, where, where do you start on this, Dan? I mean, look, um, OK, I should have said a little bit more, I suppose, about the demographics, because if you look at there is a lot more data available, obviously, post uh, the 2021 census, most of which has become more exaggerated for the worse since, of course, because that was 2021, and we know what's been going on in the last year and a bit, so... Um, or for the worst. So, if you look at that data, it is interesting how much there is a sort of a real um, uh, polarization that's occurred. So, there's a, a decent amount of the minority, a very small, minority, but not a very small minority necessarily. Decent amount of people who are on household incomes of over three thousand. But that's you know we're talking in the just in the double digits, roughly. Uh, Whereas there is still a bucket load of people, we're talking, uh, last time I looked, certainly in the sort of 40% plus range of households who are barely earning that $1,500 a week. Mm. So you've got that real polarisation and there is a suburban uh, sort of um, colour to it because obviously... um, uh, Seddon and Yarraville and parts of Footscray are the, uh, uh, better off, um, whereas Braybrook is at the bottom end. In general, Maid's been somewhere in the middle. Uh, likewise, Maribyrnong, because um, Maribyrnong has sort of two sides to it. You've got the edge of water, sort of slightly better off, uh, or sometimes well better off area, and the, Mar- um, the sort of high point part of. Um, Maribyrnong, which is, tends to have, to have had cheaper rents and so on and so forth, so and a lot of younger people too living in those sort of areas. That's the other thing, we've had an interesting, significant increase in young people moving into the area, most of which of course are w- well on the lower side of household income, and that's because, you know, if you think back, you know, 10 years ago or certainly 15, 20, If you were a a Melbourne Uni student moving out, you'd move into Carlton or Fitzroy or whatever. That's completely unimaginable these days, even Brunswick. So a lot of those students um, who would, you know, were looking for inner city properties, move out in this direction because it's, uh, you know, still relatively the most affordable. What you mentioned in terms of, you know, say for example those apartments. I mean, the particularly disgraceful, well, the additionally disgraceful thing is that um, one in five of them are empty. You know, one in five dwellings in Footscray empty, so it's not just that, you know, developers, uh, you know, uh, sorry, investors are buying up these places and making them unaffordable rent-wise, but I mean, in some cases, they're just even sitting on them. So, uh, potentially not even putting them onto the market. So, that's, you know, it's a particularly sort of disgraceful situation, um, given the, you know, the, well, the unaffordability, obviously, of housing and the low, uh, rates of, um, uh, you know, of rentals being put onto the market, you know, which is the other big, if you're a young person, especially these days, you know, uh, wanting to set up a share house, I mean, you've got no chance because, one, you've, the prices are ridiculous, but then even if you managed, uh, you know, the, the income stream to apply, the chances of you getting a house when, you know, there's 20 people ahead of you who are not 18 or 19 years of age, you've got very little chance. Um, and likewise at the other end, too, in terms of you know, are uh, older citizens because, again, you know, by a lot of landlords they're considered less reliable in terms of income streams and so forth. So, yeah, yeah it's hard situation.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of older people, that's what our kind of focus is here today and one of the things that um, is happening, anybody that's been down Ballarat or Geelong Road will have noticed there's a whole heap of cranes um, which is building the new Footscray Hospital meaning that the old Footscray Hospital is public land um, and once that's demolished it potentially could benefit the community and I believe as in the lead up to the last state election you did a survey of residents to ask them about what they wanted done with that public land. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that hospital site and what the survey results
3: showed? For sure, look, it was a really interesting exercise which has been followed up by a few other projects that are looking to do the same thing. And, and, and some of this will be coming to council and in, in, to Maribyrnong council, in, at least in terms of briefing conversations. Uh, it will also be uh, hopefully a big part of what's injected into the consultations that are gonna occur at a state uh, government level around what to do with that site. Um, the, the suggestions were all sort of what you'd expect. I mean, most people, of course, uh, in responding to the survey, wanted to see more affordable housing. That's sort of... Essentially, I, I think, a no-brainer for most people living or wanting to live in the area, um, housing, you know, we, we need more affordable housing, more public housing in particular. Because um, the thing to say, too, about some of those distinctions, you know, public, social, et cetera, is that, really, unless we get housing that can... Um, that it, one is large stocks, you need large stocks, and that's truly affordable, um, which, you know, in, at least historically, that was the char- main characteristic of public housing. Unless those two conditions are met, um, not only, obviously, is there just insufficient housing provided, um, but you have less chance, in fact, no chance, of putting downward pressure on private rentals, which is the other huge thing, right? I mean, this is a... Because, you know, like, in a suburb like Braybrook, where roughly 40% of people are renters, the largest portion of those are not in the social or public housing that's available there. And should say Braybrook has the biggest stock in the whole of Maribyrnong City for now of uh, such public and, and, and social housing, especially public. Um, for uh, Most of those 40% of renters, though, they're in private rentals. And, of course... The more public stock you have, the more in any given area, the more downward pressure you can put on those private on private rental prices. Um, so. You know, everyone wants, you know, that old Footscray Hospital site so, so, to have more public housing more house, and more affordable housing, you know, of whatever sort of mix. There were some interesting suggestions in that regard in terms of the mix of it, and people, you know, got different opinions about... Most people, for more public housing, some people also want to see a mix of social housing, co-housing was raised as well, which is becoming a bit of a conversation piece. Um, and, of course, uh, in, on top of that, in this area... Um, such as the area is, everyone wants more green space. I mean, mm. that's sort of, again, a no-brainer in the inner west. There were also a lot of other additional things which reflect some of the things that, you know, that we're missing here in the west compared to some of the, the better-off, you in inner cities, eastern suburbs and southern suburbs, um, and northern, for that matter. We, You know, people tossed up suggestions like, you know, an outdoor pool. You know, we don't have one anymore in the... Um, in a way, or not in the city of Melbourne anyway. you've got to go to Sunshine. Um, it as services that we don't have. Uh, the new hospital, like the old hospital, won't have any children's health services. You've got it. you literally have to go out to, um, you know, you've got to go out to Sunshine. And even if you present at an emergency, obviously an emergency that really is deemed an emergency, you'll be treated at that hospital. But if it's somewhere in the gray area, you'll be sent off to Sunshine. Um, So, you know, those sort of health services. Also, uh, community services in terms of older citizens, that was raised quite a bit in terms of suggestions. Um, Yeah, all the stuff I suppose you'd expect that people are well aware we're missing here in the Inner West.
2: Yeah. You're listening to Raise the Roof on 3CR, 8.55am. We're talking this week to Jorge Hohera, who is the Victorian Socialist uh, Councillor on the Maribyrnong City Council. And we're talking about... Uh, gentrification in the inner west and the uh, new hospital development
0: yeah um, it's really interesting to hear you talk about people's different ideas of what they'd like to see with the public land I believe there's been a precedent um, with the regional rail link of acquiring some publicly owned or some some community assets that didn't go the way people planned and that came up in your survey too would you be able to tell us a little bit about that and maybe why there's a bit of a historical distrust of of what happens with public land?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I suppose, uh, well, people would have seen over the last year especially, there's been quite a bit um, in the mainstream press actually about this, you know, even The Age has covered uh, quite a bit of this, because, you know, the pattern, uh, probably forever, has been that when government lands are released to developers, uh, and this happens especially in Melbourne, in the outer ring of suburbs, Um, Well, for starters, developers don't develop in the first instance, they sit on it. um, Because the longer you sit on it, um, you know, the more you're likely to hike up, you know, the selling price of developments, Uh, and, you know, the latest sort of work that I've seen on that is over the last 10 years, um, something like only 20% of such land handed over by the state has been developed, Um, you've still got 80% roughly of developers sitting on it in those outer ring suburbs or areas. Um, It's, you know, that's sort of what I suppose, you know, uh, we've come to expect really. I mean, so much of uh, government, including local government especially, I'd say given the the way the Planning Act works, you know, ends up working to protect those developer uh, privileges effectively really um, in so many ways. Um, At the point of um, sale, at the point of, um, you know, uh, development in terms of, Permits and so forth. At the point of weak um, pressure around development con- uh, contributions, you know, so even when development eventually happens, you know, you get a minimal green space provided by those develop- developers. You know, they might toss in a couple of bike rings to look like you know they support you know cycling. Um, that these days too, to, to top it off, developers have become really adept at using the language of sustainability. To uh, trim down their costs, basically, you know, so you argue that you know um, uh, uh, apartments don't need many parking spots, or uh, because you know because we need to be green. But of course, they're well aware of the fact that until the culture and everything else around that changes, people are still coming to those apartments with one or two cars. So of course, then that creates a whole bunch of other problems. Um, so yeah, I mean, look. It's a, I'll give you a simple you know, example of this that really hit me. I think it was one of the, my first um, meetings of council. We'd not just been elected or, or soon into it. And, you know, we had a situation where uh, what came to council was, a decision to be made around um, one, uh, one of the very early, probably one of the first um, apartment blocks built on the river, not the new ones that people would be familiar with now, one of the sort of um, lower ones that... I don't know, five, six storeys, that sits on the southern side uh, of Dynan Road. There's a couple there. So that developer, roughly, I think, 16 years ago, um, when that development was built, had signed a contract uh, that included uh, that they would uh, cement or pave the car park at the bottom of the outdoor one, at the bottom of that um, that development or that block of apartment Uh, 16 years later I think it was 16 um, years later um, advice comes to council that uh, he's not going to do it uh, after 16 years of not having done it and that it's not worth our while because we'll potentially lose and lose a lot of money to challenge it legally so guess what council i.e. ratepayers will be paying for that uh, you know uh, whatever it is half a million or million dollars that it costs to cement that car park Um, you know developers do this knowing they'll get away with it Um, you know, Joseph's Road on the other side of that, the northern side, similar sort of situation. They build these huge towers. Who knows how much money they're making out of them? Um, you know, and, of course, they leave a mess. People have been complaining now for, well, uh, probably a couple of years now, for, for, yeah, I think roughly the whole time I've been in council about the disaster zone that that Joseph's Road precinct is. You know, the, people's cars being wrecked because they're driving on, on dirt, Um And rocks, and it's caused council that has to step in and provide. Um, So it's yeah, that's just the way you know the way the whole thing works. Um, You know, every day. Look, to be honest, you know, it's funny. um, Every day I hear new stories, and some of I'm sure a lot of these stories other people have heard, but for me, you know, it's connecting a lot of dots. um, Just the way all this stuff works. Um, The other day, talking to some people about something altogether different. You know, I discovered how much you know. For example, the way that um, the sale of contaminated lands works. So I didn't realize, for example, that companies like Bunnings um, get super cheap deals on the lands that they buy to put uh, often at least their their warehouses on, which are huge blocks. We're talking massive blocks, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, they buy; they get basically. Fire sale uh, prices on contaminated land because it's contaminated. But of course, all they need to do is they put a uh, you know cement block on top of it and then re- uh, a um, a gas release mechanism, you know, which is a yearly cost for them. And Bob's your uncle—you've got really cheap land for a private um, interest. Um, mm-hmm. That sort of stuff's happening everywhere.
0: So what do you think the implications are for the residents of Maribyrnong who are on low incomes, older renters who are unable to afford the rent, there's no public housing being built, Um, the public housing that is there, which is quite a lot in Braybrook, is potentially going to be redeveloped by the state government. What do you think all of this means for older renters and what do you think we should be doing about it?
3: Oh, mate, look... um
2: it's a big it's question. A big
3: question. <laughs> it's a big question. Sometimes my partner and I talk about it in terms of ourselves. We're, you know, uh, well, I, we're both sort of oh, slowly getting on mm-hmm. and we're renters. And, um, you know, like to be, in all honesty, if the way Australia's going, uh, it's more likely that we'll be living in my country, you know, my homeland, Chile, than here in another 10, 15 years. Because I just can't see how you can afford anything here as an older person. Um, You know, and I've felt it for years because when my mother passed away um, and my father was alone, of course, he went down to a single pension, public pension income. Of course, he's of that generation, factory worker, came to Australia, and no super, of course, whatsoever. So... Um, You know, from that, from the date of my mother's passing away, so over, what, 11, 12 years ago, um, he's had to live with one of us. I mean, it's impossible for a single pensioner to live in in any other way, like, unless you're in public housing and he's tried being on this, you know, gave up. Um, There's no other way of living but with relatives. So, in Braybrook, you mentioned Braybrook, I mean, that's a concrete um, example of real fear that I have there because... The the state government's proposition there, and they've been pretty uh, public about it, at least with... Well, maybe not public, but certainly they've said it to us as councillors. Their proposition there is that they aim... They reckon they will increase the the absolute stock of social-slash-public housing, um, but they'll decrease the relative. Now, two things are going to happen here. When they talk about that, they're very guarded uh, and fuzzy about the mix for starters of social versus public uh they haven't said it but i'd say that their fuzziness comes down to the fact that they're going to cut down the number of public housing or the public housing stock and roughly and increase social housing so basically outsource you know things now but just as bad as that is the fact that they've been overt about cutting the relative um stock meaning that uh that that Uh, It might sort of seem a bit weird, but what that means, and it's actually very simple to do, is on decently-sized blocks of land that current public housing sits on, they'll put four properties, or three, right? So the result of reducing the relative stock vis-à-vis the rest of housing stock, uh, including private rental in Braybrook, will be that they will put upward pressure on private rentals. It's like a no-brainer. You know, I've raised this with... You know, the various people from the state government have come to speak to us in council and they sort of look at you blankly and really don't want to talk about it because it's, it doesn't take an economics degree to work out what's going to happen. It's going to input upward pressure on private rental, so which is what they want. They want that because then that will speed up the gentrification of Bravebook, Um which means, of course, again, prices go up. Developers, builders making more money. So it will have the impact they want. Gentrified Book as much as has occurred in the you know the the other Melbourne um, uh, suburbs.
0: The last bastion of public housing in the inner west, pretty much.
2: That's so, right. We are just about out of time. I'm sorry. Is there any last words you want to leave our listeners and in particular your your constituents with?
3: Well, um, first of all, I wanted to thank thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I, I am constantly frustrated by the lack of. Um, platforms are spaces in which to talk about this. It's like, you know, everyone knows we've got a housing crisis, but uh, certainly no one in government has a solution for it, a meaningful solution. Um, And people are are just, um, I I suppose, uh, just um, a bit hopeless. There's a real sense of hopelessness, I think, amongst a lot of people, as as you would know, working in the field. I, I hope that we can... Bring some hope back into this, and I was going to call it a conversation, but I don't think it can remain a conversation. I think it has to be a fight. Like there has to be a fight, basically, to change things in this country around housing. Um, conversations will not do anymore. Like we can't just keep talking about the need for more, for some, uh, for more affordable housing. There has to be a fight because um, if there isn't, there's going to be a lot of people, uh, a lot more people, you know, thrown onto the scrap heap in terms of. Yeah, you know, the most basic of human rights, shelter.
0: Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It's fantastic to hear from you. And we will be keeping an eye on these two twin issues, I guess, the Old Footscray Hospital site and the Braybrook Public Housing proposed development. So, um, yeah, good luck with all of your working council, and we might get you back on the show at a later date to talk about, uh, give us an update. So thanks again.
3: Thanks so much for your name, everyone. Thank you.
2: Thanks. Uh, We are almost out of time for this fortnight. So if you want to get in touch with HAG, uh, the numbers that you can call us on, uh, if you want to talk about getting involved in some campaigning, uh, policy advocacy, doing some uh, census research, any of that sort of stuff, the number is 96547389. That's 96547389. Or if you're an older person in Victoria who has a housing problem that you want to talk to someone about, uh, give us a call. Are you going to sneeze? One, no, I've caught it. I've caught it. Sorry. How embarrassing. It's one 800 178 Fiona is just seeing herself laughing at me by <laughs> distress. That number again, one 800 uh, You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, or oldtenants.org.au. Uh, if you, yeah, I, I guess we'll talk to you again in a fortnight or the second and fourth Wednesday and Thursday of every month. So thanks very much for listening. am going to leave you with a song now. This is The Coup, Uh song, Kill My Landlord. Not my landlord personally, not your landlord personally, probably, but maybe the
0: rhetorical landlord, The
2: rhetorical landlords, but uh, actually my landlord too. Uh, until he fixes the fucking oven. Excuse <laughs> me. I'll take out the swear word. Don't worry, Fiona.
4: More than a financial profit United snakes won't stop it Blow for blow, the flow of the commentary Gets, gets heavy, heavy Six sectillion tons is spinning steady Stepping into a new phase New, phase. new force, representing Our slavery days. days The seeds of wheat to crop is much, much more Than your figure, yo if he's a Fisa black man. man He must be a nigger, mimic a gimmick I'm winning doubt, a sucker Selling, selling out. out for the sake of A scream and shout, elements Don't blow with none the Intense. Rather kick a little bit, bit of, of science. science. Science about controlling actions of another. America was built on the sweat of black sisters, sisters and brothers, brothers. Never allowed to read, read. but allowed to bleed, bleed and breathe. Stripped of our creed free. and religion, I mean surviving on intuition. And what the master said, give up. Besides, the black man is the original lord of the land. So I'm clenching my right hand. Brothers and sisters, we must fight this. Slum lord, of jungle, but I'm humble, as I witness my opposer grumble, like the shack that I live in, the house that I went from him, broach infested, I'm sure that the rats infested. busted, he doesn't work, he still hasn't checked it, disrespected me, for the last time, I'm up my not step stepping double time. time, bullseye, another point scored, right between the eyes of my
5: Tell me to hold my peace, but I just can't, but I'm defrost of the rap group of point blank. So now I'm chilling at the table with my family, hypothetically, trying hard to keep my mind off the economy, yeah. I know the rules and my fight are hard to pass the test, call me a victim cause I'm another brother jobless. Every day it seems I'm moving closer to the streets, PG&E reports lights in my fucking heat, the situation's getting pussed. I'm a hundred in the hole. I know the man is gonna come and throw me in the cold. Tears in my eyes as I'm picking up a place to stay. While I'm staring at the freebie cheese up in my plate. I heard a bang, bang.
6: A street bum, seek crumbs So I defeat scum as I beat drums rum titty tum like the little trouble boy song Here comes the landlord at the door, ding-dong Is it wrong that my mama sticks a fat-ass thong Up his anal cavity, cause he causes gravity To my family, says we gotta pay a fee So that we can stay and eat in a house with lightning heat The bastard could get beat, stole the land from Chief little fee is built on deceit got no rent receipt so i'm living in the street and i'm down now don't you know to not fuck with the mau mau notice of eviction Poor knuckle dental affliction friction oh did i mention you'll be finger licking as i handicap your addiction and you say you're not a criminal like tricky dick nixon well we're fixing to impose rent control we didn't vote on it this land wasn't bought or sold it was stole by your great-granddaddy's game kid. Osaji said they call it primitive accumulation. Plantations, TV stations, wealth is very stationary. I learned the game and I became a revolutionary. Scared the corporate asses, cause the masses are a loaded gun. Killing the world bank and international monetary fund. I'm done, we're done with what you done for 25 score. We got a battle cry. Kill my, 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 kill my landlord.
1: By the end of the week. My body is cold, dirty socks on my feet. Not a black sheep, but who's the crick trying to put me on the street while I'm trying to sleep? I want to kill my man, do a murder in the first degree. If there's something wrong, he wants to blame me.